Welcome everyone to my podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Hope you're doing fantabulous. I hope you all are refreshed in your minds and in your spirits. Today's podcast, we will be discussing generational wealth. Yes, generational wealth. In discussing generational wealth, I honestly believe that if we want to see change, we have to become the agents of the change that we need to see. Not that we want to see, but that we need to see. Needing and wanting is two different things. And need is something that is crucial, that is necessary, that is poignant. So we have to become the agents of change that we need to see because it is very important in 2020 that we step our game up. We are going to step our game up in 2020, yes. There's a new phrase that has been circulating within the last few years, and that word is the word influencers, yes. These influencers are not only social media personalities on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, basically any social media account that is off and popping. They have millions and millions of followers, these people are able to inspire and influence change within not only their community, but those who are around them globally, socially. Whether the trend is bad, good, or indifferent, or meh, others want to be a part of the in crowd, or shall we say, what the popular kids are doing. When you think about people who are called influencers, basically they're people that you might think they got a lot of followers, they got a lot of friends. They got a people. They got a lot of people that look up to them. Basically, anything that they wear, everybody want to wear it. When they do their hairstyle a certain way, male, female, they want to copy. Basically, influence are pe- influencers are people who sometimes we look up to and we go, man, they got a nice style. I'm gonna try to cop that style. Sometimes we do not realize that the very people we are able to influence are honestly the people who are underneath our own little nose and yes those are our little twinkle toes and yes i mean your children when i honestly reflect back on my own life and what i think that inspired me most necessarily was not what my parents told me but what they showed me when we were young children we may not always have understand the term save money and to us that could look different when we talk about being influenced by our parents, by our loved ones, by our cousins, by our big big sisters and brothers. What do we think about? We think about people who show us what to do so that we, we can too can do it. If you ever think back on your life, you think, man, I remember when I used to want to walk around in my mom's shoes or for a boy, I would want to walk around in my, you know, my dad's shoes. Because why? It's what your parents did. They came home from work, they wore their work clothes, they took their work clothes off. So this is basically things that we saw. Why do we want to do these things? I really don't know. You know, it's, it's I don't know, it's a thing to do. You know, when you're a kid, you want to do everything your parents do, you know. Go in the bathroom and shave. They let you put a little shaving cream on your face and, you know, wipe it off with a little butter knife. And you're really sitting there thinking that you've grown, shaving with no hair, just shaving cream and a butter knife. Why? Because it's the thing that our parents did every single morning. And what do you do when you love someone? What do you do when someone's close to you every single day doing things that are 
positive and negative. What do you want to do? You want to copy them. You want to copy everything they do because why? They are close to you. You fellowship with them every single day. You love them. Basically, you want to mimic what they're, what it is that they're doing. They're influencing you. They're influencing your behavior. So when we're talking about generational wealth, what are we talking about? We're talking about creating not only a system, but a family legacy to pass down from generation to generation to generation if we are blessed to be able to do that. Now, to us, what does saving money look like? As kids, what does it look like to them? When you tell kids to save money, they're probably going to think, well, how much money do I save? And when can I spend it? Or what are we saving it for? Because, you know, kids, they ask a billion and one questions all day, every day. And they'll ask you the same question like eight different times, a million times a day. And you can still answer them the same way, different ways, the same answer. And what is it? It's just that they just want to know. Their little minds are trying to grasp what it is that you're saying. So I know it may be annoying, but hey, kids are kids. So no matter how many times they ask or how many ways they can ask, bottom line is we are teaching our children generational wealth. We're teaching them to save money. We're teaching them why to save money. We're teaching them what to do with the money that we're saving. So when they ask questions, we know how to answer what is generational wealth? Why is it important? Before I even get into generational wealth, I want to honestly say any transformation that occurred, it happens in your mind first. If you want to lose weight, what happens? You done made up your mind to lose weight. You want to eat healthy, what happens? You made up your mind to eat healthy. There are some people who you'll meet them and they'll think, man, I want to eat healthy one day. But they're really not committed to it in their mind. But you still see them eating fried foods every single day. They're eating out every single day. And you're like, man, I want to know when they're going to start eating healthy, when they're going to go on this little diet kick. Because they said they want to go on a diet. They said they want to eat healthy. But they still keep eating McDonald's every single day. Why? Because they have not made up their minds. So when we think about generational wealth, you have to think that it's a state of mind first and foremost before it can even be manifested. So you already have to see generational wealth in your mind before you can even start to create it, before you can even manifest it, and before you can even pass it down. So it has to be created in your mind first. It's not going to be set in stone and not going to be perfect because none of us are perfect, but you have to make up your mind that this is something that you want to do. This is the legacy that you want to leave behind. Generational wealth transforms within the mind before it can be transformed in life. Once you realize that this will take place, and honestly, the revelation that you are basically tied up in stress, living paycheck to paycheck, is really not the way to go. So you figure, I want to do something different in my life. I want to make a change. I want to do something different. Now, before I continue on with what generational wealth is and why it is important, I'm going to give you a list of books that I have personally read and then some books that I recommend that I haven't read, but that that I hear is very good. First book, The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley. And there are plenty of books and a few of them I read. So I hope everyone's familiar with I'm not going to assume 
everyone's familiar with the books for dummies, right? It's like this little yellow and black book with maybe some yellow and white words written on it. And it has like a little cartoon figure in front of it. And it'll say, not books for dummies, but basically whatever title you want. So some of the books that I read was like Real Estate for Dummies, Home Buying for Dummies, Investments for Dummies. These are the other three books that I've read. So basically any books of the dummy series, basically what these books do is they break down the specific topic or area that you you want to educate yourself on. And it doesn't mean that you're a dummy. No, you're not a dummy. That's not what it's saying. But what it's saying is that is these books are educating you on a level on a level that is so simple and that is so detailed that when you read these books, you feel so much more educated. You feel so much more knowledgeable. You feel like these are practical and tangible instructions and advice on how to go take what it is that you write and apply it like almost immediately to the area you know that you've read so again any of the books for dummy series dealing with real estate home buying investments for dummies these are things that can help you invest your money save your money buying homes to possibly rent it out to earn other income purchasing buying real estate getting your real estate license things like that so the books for dummies series and then again the millionaire next door by thomas stanley now this author is a great author i follow him on instagram and no i am not sponsored to mention this person um i am not sponsored by anyone i do my own podcast i have my own pocket um Dave Ramsey. He is very popular. I know a lot of people know him, but not everybody knows him. But he does a lot of financial financial saving tips. He teaches people how to get out of debt and things like that. So financial and generational wealth is not just about creating a legacy for your children. It's also um, not being in debt, not, not owing anything, basically, um, starting off. Now, when it comes to businesses and things like that, that's a little bit different. But starting off, you don't want to be in any kind of debt. You want to get yourself to a stable financial condition, especially if you have children. Now, I know you may be thinking, I don't want her getting all of my business. I don't want all of my Kool-Aid. Look, we've all been there. Being in debt is really honestly not the way to go. In 2020, we're trying to be debt-free, okay? 2020, we're trying to be debt-free. So... Any of Dave Ramsey's books you can purchase. I don't know if he has any audio books, but that's probably something you want to look into if you can. You can follow him on Instagram. I don't know if he has a Twitter account. I don't know if he has a Facebook, but I'm sure he does. Um, if you want to try to do anything for free with his books, even with The Millionaire Next Door, with the books for dummies, you know, go to the library, get any of the books for free. Uh, look up on YouTube. You know, I think, who is it? Amazon? I think sometimes Amazon does like the Kindle where you can loan a book to someone, you know, if you have a Kindle account, maybe if you know someone who has a Kindle account or like an Amazon account or whatever devices, you know, people and apps people have nowadays, maybe you could check out a book. But um, if you are trying to do anything low budget, trying to get out of debt and you want to do something for free, I would say either do YouTube, Kindle, sometimes you can, you can get some books for free. I'm sure there's probably other bookstores online bookstores that possibly have uh books that you could download for free but anything free your number one stop is probably the library so those are some educational tools that you can use so 
teach your children generational wealth by teaching them financial literacy. I say teach your child to not only be financial literate, but I would say teach them how to be owners and not borrowers. I honestly think that that is super, super, super important. Why? Borrowing gets you in debt. Borrowing money will have you stressed out. Borrowing money, it really isn't the way to go. Now, I could see if you had like a million dollars saved in like your bank account, right? And you don't want to spend like a portion of the money. So you want to take out a loan. You want to take out a business loan. Say you want to take out a business loan for like $100,000. Knowing that you got the money in the bank, but you don't want to take the $100,000 out of your, your bank. You don't want to take $50,000 out. You want to possibly get a loan. So that way you can work on this business avenue and then pay on it knowing that you got the money in your bank account. Stuff like that, that's different. But being so quick to borrow, I would say honestly, is probably not the way to go. Get yourself to a financial stable point in life to where you can work on that in a little bit later. So, and if you don't have children and you don't any, you don't know anyone that you can teach financial literacy to, use the people around you. You know, you don't have to have children. Uh, not everybody has children. Not everybody wants kids. But if you still want to become a teacher, teach somebody in your neighborhood. You know. Find someone who you can instill this info into. Um, there's, to me, honestly, like, I'm a person who I always want to learn. I always want to get out there and learn something new. There's always people out there who are willing to learn. You just got to find them. So keep your eyes open and keep your mind open and be sensitive to God to have him show you who it is that if you are educated in these areas, that you can teach other people about this stuff you know teach them and educate them because if i believe if one person educates one then that person educates somebody else there's going to be multiple people millions of people around the world who is educated on how to be more financially stable to be more financially literate because that is super super important because it seems like every way you turn around the world today they're not teaching you how to be owners. They're not teaching you how to save your money. It's all about taking out a loan, you know, buying a house on a loan, you know, taking out student loans. It's like everywhere you go, basically, in America, they're teaching you how to be in debt. And to me, I think that that's not cool. It's, it's not cool. So some financial pr principles that I have listed, top priority. I would say out of all the financial literacy that you can gain, that I can teach you. The top priority would be what? Pay all your bills first. Yes, people, pay all your bills. Pay all of them, pay all your bills, pay your bills on time. You know, if you can, God's willing. I know sometimes things is tight. Sometimes people got issues, you know, things going on. But honestly, if you are blessed to have one of those jobs, even if you get paid twice a month, once a month, if you're blessed to have one of those jobs to where you can, even if you have just enough money to pay your bills, right? Rent, gas, you know, car insurance, uh, what else? Groceries, groceries is part of bills. You know, extra money for gas, things like that. Pay all of your bills first. The next are must. Save some, spend some, give some away to those in need. Okay? Teach yourself and your children, your friends, budgeting techniques. 
And I personally know that some banks are out there nowadays, especially with everything being electronic. You know, us being a new age of technology, we're always on our phones. We always have our little iPads ready to go. A lot of these banks are getting, I don't want to say the word hip. I don't want to outdate myself, but I would say, yes, some of these banks are getting hip. They are getting hit to the game to um, gear in their institutions to electronic devices to where things are a lot more accessible. I know, honestly, all jokes aside, a lot of banks now are providing their customers with budgeting tools. Um, some banks will, they actually have uh, little budgeting spreadsheets that you can actually download from the actual bank's website. You know, if you, you type in like budgeting or budgeting tools or budgeting documents or, you know, things like that, like you can download um, a checklist to say, this is how much money you could possibly be saving every month or have something to where you can write down all your bills, total, total that up. And then on to the other side, how much money you have left over, which you can use it for, where do your goals for saving, things like that. So a lot of these banks are now getting, I would say getting hip. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my little old school word. I'm gonna say they're getting hip to helping us as customers keep track of our spending. And they even do that now with your debit cards, your credit cards. You set up little alerts to say you know, you've overspent this amount of money or your credit limit is, is reaching this amount of money. Or, you know, if it's your debit card, you can set an alert um, to specific amounts. You know, you can set your card to like if you spend over $550 or if you make one big purchase at one time, you'll get an alert on your email, you'll get an alert on your text message, you'll get a notification in your notification center say, hey, you know, your card debit card was flagged for this, your credit card was flagged for that, and you'll get the little notification in your email, text message, or your notification, you know, on your phone or your tablet or whatever you have it set up for, and it'll tell you what it is that you purchased, what company, you know, you purchased it from, like say you went to McDonald's and charged your card, you'll get a little notification say, hey, McDonald's charged, what, $8.99, so you know what's coming out of your, you know, your, your credit card, you know what's coming out of your debit card, so there are tools out there to help with becoming more financial literate of keeping track of what you spend. And if you keep a track of what you spend, you can keep track of how much money you're saving or how much money you need to save. So there are tools out there besides reading books. There are tools right now that banks are giving out to assist in helping people save money to help them keep track of their money. And who knows, you know, maybe you can take, if you're in school, if you're in college, you know, take a financial class or take an economics class you know, something, there's always information out there. Honestly, you just got to go and find it. You have to go and find it. You got to talk to people. You have to go do research. There's always something out there that needs to be learned. There's always somebody out there who's willing to teach. You know, I'm not going to sit up and say I'm the greatest because I'm not. I'm not the greatest. I don't know everything about generational wealth. I don't know everything about financial literacy. But what I do know, I try to give it because I honestly feel like it's important. I really do. I feel like 2020 needs to be the year that if we could just wipe everybody's credit, your credit scores to be like 72800 and then just wipe all that debt out, I think we'd be great. <laughs> I think that we would be great in moving in the right direction. But anywho, all jokes aside, generational wealth is, what is it? Creating wealth that you can pass down from yourself, which is your generation, to your children. 
and put stop your grandchildren and even your grandchildren's children. So creating generational wealth allows you to create something that's so wonderful and possibly from the ground up. You know, you do honestly have a lot of first generational millionaires out there. You have first generational you know, millionaires. Maybe you may have second generational millionaires, you know, when you have businesses that are passed down. But if you are the first generational millionaire, there's nothing wrong with that. But basically, you want something that can grow with time and to, to grow with people, okay? Wealth is a diversity of assets. I look at having generational wealth as a investment portfolio. They say don't put all of your eggs in one basket. True. You don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. Your portfolio can be, can be diverse. You can have international stocks. You can have um, U.S. stocks and bonds. You can have... 500 fortune companies, you can have uh, S companies, you can have a whole plethora of different investments. Why? Because you don't want all your eggs in one basket. That is what generational wealth is. Generational wealth is a diversity of assets to include money, but it's not only consists of money. You can purchase land, you can purchase real estate, you can purchase homes, you can purchase projects, malls, tech companies, antiques. I've seen antiques as far as like old antique cars you know people they buy cars you know that are from like the 1920s and they flip them and they make them like brand new and shiny but they they still have their their the old uh how can I say the old model but it's like renewed you know like how you get like an old computer but you fix it all up internally you kind of like refurbish it it's kind of like a refurbished car so I've seen those businesses do really really good when they auction off old cars you know some of them they may even donate money to charities but basically generational wealth is a big diverse portfolio for yourself basically and Many people believe that wealth is money alone, but it's not money alone because wealth is something that can't be taken away from you. You know what I'm saying? So wealth is something that can't be taken away from you. Wealth is something that can be passed down. So if you think that wealth is only money, if someone took your money from you, you know, if there was a glitch in the bank system or, you know, someone took you to court and sued you and now you didn't have any more money, are you still wealthy? Yes, you are. I look at an example of someone who, to me, if I had a top five panel of people who I look up to that I feel like were great minds, were great visionaries um, within the U.S., I would say Steve Jobs would be like my top five. So you all know Steve Jobs was a very, very wealthy person. Steve Jobs wasn't wealthy because he had money. Steve Jobs was wealthy because of his mind. Steve Steve was, he was a visionary. And visionary, being a person of vision, being a person who's not afraid to build from the ground up, is a person who's wealthy. So you all know, well, I'm not going to say you all know. A lot of people don't know. Steve Jobs was the founder of Apple, him and his great friend. He was the founder of Apple, the company went public, and eventually, because of how rough around the edges Steve was, even though he had a great mind, he eventually got fired. I don't know the whole story. I don't know the complete story, but he got fired, basically. And then, while he was fired, what Steve did was, was he created Pixar, you know, the 
now Disney owns it. Pixar is a, uh, an animated company. Steve created Pixar from the ground up again because he was a visionary. And then he ended up selling to, to Disney. Yes, he did get financial gain from it. But Steve also created a legacy. Even though he couldn't pass down Pixar to his, his children, his children knew Steve as a great visionary. And your mind is something that people can't take away. You know, wealth is in your mind, like I said. Wealth is in your mind before money is in your bank account. Unless it's passed down, right? So, Steve was a visionary. He created Apple. Made billions of dollars. Was fired from that. Built Pixar from the ground up. Sold that for millions, if not billions of dollars. And sold it to Disney. So, what did this tell you? Was Steve broke? No. He may not have had money. When he was a teenager, when him and his friend was creating Apple. But guess what? Even as a teenager, Mr. Mister Steve was a billionaire even as a teenager. Because he manifested in his mind what he wanted to see for the future. And he created something that he could possibly pass down to his children. Now, there are some, there are some people who they don't pass down their things to their children. But it doesn't mean that he didn't create a legacy. He could have passed it down to his children. He could have, but he I don't think he did. And I think in one of his books that he wrote down something like, or at the time when he was alive, he said that he wasn't going to um, pass down his money to his children because there are some people who think that children should build things from the ground up. I think a little bit differently. And it's nothing against Mr. Steve. You know, God rest his soul. But there are some people out there who think they really do. They think different, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Mr. Steve, Mr. Jobs, was a great visionary. And he was wealthy in his mind first because he was a visionary. He was a great thinker. And it didn't matter what you took away from him. He would always create. And that's the thing about generational wealth. Okay? It's something that people can't take from you. Because it's in your mind. Generational wealth is in your mind. But yes, it's also a diverse portfolio that you can pass down to people. So the question is, was Steve Jobs wealthy? Yes, he was. He was wealthy because he was wealthy in his mind. He was a visionary. He created. There are some people who they run into being blessed with getting money. There are some people who they have money passed down to them. But if you took the money from them, would they still be wealthy? Well, it depends. It depends on their mindset. You know, if they can't create anything from the ground up, if they have to go out and get a regular job, which is nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, is that do you have the ability to think in your mind? Do you have the ability to think of what is your legacy going to be? You know, do you have the ability to think for the future? Do you have the ability to create to pass on your legacy. Because wealth is not just money. You know, wealth is not just money. Wealth is a diverse portfolio. So, think about Mr. Steve Jobs. Think about some of these examples uh, that I gave you. And just think and ask yourself, are you wealthy? Honestly, are you? There are so many people. So, 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 so many people. So many people dead and alive. And the ones who are alive, like honestly, if you knew 
that you are probably one idea away from passing down the greatest legacy ever for your bloodline. You will probably hop to it. There are so many of you, you have so many ideas. Like you can be like the next great politician. You can be the make the next you know great Bill Gates. You can be the next Martha Stewart. You know, and that's that's another person who created generational wealth. Martha Stewart, she I I tell people Martha could take all my money. Just go ahead and go to the I'll, I'll give her my router number, my account number. She just go to the bank and just have it. Because let me tell you, Martha will have you, she'll have you cooking right. She'll have your living room straight. She'll have your bedroom straight. She Martha could build you a whole house with a meal in it. Let me tell you something. Martha could just have all my money. Because, girl, let me tell you, this woman, Martha is the superhero of America. Let me tell you, this woman is a superhero. She done changed your whole house, your bedding, your food, put you on a diet. All with a smile on her face. Let me tell you something. Martha got generational wealth that can't nobody touch. Boy, let me tell you. I love me some Martha. Everything I buy is probably Martha Stewart. But anywho, Martha Stewart is another, honestly, all jokes aside, she's another great, 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 great example and influence of building something. When I tell you Martha built from the ground up, she built from the dirt. Martha Stewart, honestly, is another great example of building from the ground up. There are so, 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 so many great examples and great, great uh, leaders and influence out, influencers out there that can show you, hey, look, you can build from the ground up. It is quite all right. So if generational wealth starts all in your head and it starts in your mind, what does that mean? That means you have to get out of your head, people. Get out of your head. Don't get stuck. Stop being afraid of the unknown. Your current job may not be the, may not be, you know, that one that you'll have forever. But there is honestly nothing to fear. You have to have the mindset to be able to move and maintain vision where and how God says you are to have vision. Okay, I'll, I'll repeat that again. You have to be able to move and maintain vision where and how God says you are to have vision. Okay, so if you're stuck in your head, you're going to be stuck in life. If you move in your head, you're going to be moved in your life. Because where the mind is, that's where the man is going to go. So wherever your mind is, you're going to go. So if you're thinking negative, you're going to do negative. If you're thinking positive, you're going to do positive. So... It starts in your mind, all right? And, yeah, like I said, there are so many of you out there who you have so many ideas. You have ideas in your head. You have, you have, there are some of you out there who you're taking chemistry classes now. You're taking biology. You're in school. You're a med student. And you're studying. And you're probably just thinking, and thinking and thinking and you honestly probably can have the cure for cancer you can have the cure for AIDS you can have the cure for cancer you can have the cure for diabetes you know you can have the cure for high blood pressure not just medicine cure you know so it's, it's so many of you out there who you have so many great ideas and God has put wisdom in you God has instilled these great things and you're just sitting there 
with all these great things, with all these great ideas, and you don't know what to do with them. But I do pray that God gives you the wisdom on how to operate in these ideas. Because like I said, it starts in your mind. And sometimes you need a little push. Sometimes you need a little boost. But don't ever lose your confidence. Don't ever lose your ability to think. And sometimes you have to think outside the box. Sometimes there is no box. A lot of people say you have to think outside the box. Maybe there's no box. Maybe you just create create endlessly. Create anything that it is that you want. You know, what it is that you want to do. What it is that you see your children having. What it is that you feel like you can pass down to your children. You know, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's not just the things that I've listed. There's so much more. Things that I haven't even thought of. Things that you know God has put on your heart. And like I said, you could be the next Bill Gates. You could be better than Bill Gates. You know? Shoot, heck, they created so much stuff out of, I'm not going to say nothing, but just imagine, you know, when someone said, you know what, I'm going to create what's called the internet. They probably thinking, man, the internet, that ain't going to ever fly. Now look, everything we do on the internet, banks, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Bible studies, all this stuff, everything's on the internet. Why the internet? But in 1992, 1993, people were laughing. What is this internet going to be? What is this and blah, blah, blah. Or you had someone who they believed in themselves. And this person had a team around them who believed in them. And that's all you need. All you need is you, God, and a little bit of people to believe in you. And to, and to get that extra boost. And now look, everything we do on the internet. What else? Somebody created a telephone. They probably thought that was a... A crazy idea now. Look, everything we do on our cell phones, telephones, things like that. What else that was created? There's so much stuff that's created nowadays that people have passed down to their children. And at the, at the time, they probably thought, man, these people crazy. You know, like the light bulb. Whoever thought you could sit up there and flick on a, a switch for electricity and, and the, the light would come on. I'm not a, a chemist or you know, whatever it is that you say, but it's like, it's it's all in your mind. It is all in your mind. You can be a visionary. You can be anything that you see yourself doing, just create it. And if you're thinking, man, nobody's ever created this. Well, be that person that creates it. Be that person that creates generational wealth. Be that person that passed down something, something great to your children. You know, be that first person. To do whatever it is that you you want to do in your mind. And it starts all in your mind. I pray that this episode of my podcast for the new year will help you see what God has been telling you. I hope that this is just a confirmation of what God has already told you. And I really honestly hope that you keep your mind strong. Keep your mental health strong. And if it's not strong, get it to where it can be strong if that's seeking therapy, if that's leaning on some of your friends, if that's doing whatever it is that you need to do to move forward, to to keep your sanity, to keep yourself going in the right direction so you can be a visionary, so you can, you can get the junk out the way, so you can get all the debris out the way, so you can move forward and launch into the rest of 2020 or t- into the rest of 2020 to be able to be these great things, to be able to do something great. I pray that honestly that this is a blessing. I honestly feel that. I pray that this is a blessing for you. I pray that you 
You do what it is that God tells you to do. I pray that this is just a confirmation. I, I honestly do. And even if it's a confirmation in reverse, maybe God will give you something after this. You know, maybe he'll do that. But I pray that this podcast was a blessing for you. I pray that you are going to launch forth into 2020 being great. Start creating things. Create a vision board. Create um, a written vision board. However, you got to sit up there, write, write out your idea, refine it. You know, sometimes it may take people two years to complete the vision board. You know, sit down, write down the thing that you want to do. What are, what are your desires? How are you going to get there? You know, make five-year goals, 10-year goals. Say, this is where I see myself in five years. This is where I see myself in 10 years. Write down your goals. Write down things that you want to do. Write down where you want to see yourself. Because if I guarantee you, if you write it down and if you make a vision board and you pray over it and you go, I have goals. And you look at that every day, you're going to, your, your vision board is like looking at yourself. Your vision board is like honestly looking at yourself in five to 10 years. Looking at that vision board, you're going to say, this is going to be me in five to 10 years. And it's like looking at yourself in the mirror every day. You wake up, you're going to go, yep, I'm going to be on a Fortune 500 company one day. Yep, I'm going to be a Bill Gates one day. And looking at that vision board, is like looking at yourself in the mirror in the next five or 10 years. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? And it can happen. And you don't have to show, you don't have to show everybody your vision board. You don't have to show everybody what you want to do. Keep it to yourself and maybe the people who God gives it to you to trust. You know, look at yourself in the mirror every day, five, 10 years, you know, and then once you go into five to 10 years, you go on from there. You create more vision boards, you create new things. And sometimes you may have to adjust here and there. You may have to tweak, you know, you may be slowed down and you may even be propelled, but never stop and never quit. So I pray that this podcast was a blessing. I pray that you create your vision board. I pray that you create generational wealth. Or begin that process, educate, 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 educate yourself on as many tools and programs as you can. I don't think there's ever a such thing as too much information. Educate yourself as much as you can and then take what it is that you learn and apply it to your life. And teach your children. And if you, like I said before, if you don't have children and you don't desire children, it's not wrong with that. Just teach people in your neighborhood. Teach somebody. Somebody, somebody needs to hear what it is that you got to say. So I'll talk to you guys later and I'll see you next month for my next podcast.